The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello everyone, it's Dr. Doug Birch, and you are listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So sometimes people have these faith equations. They say you gotta pray the right way to get the right things. If you don't pray the right prayers, God won't answer your prayers. Well, the problem with those faith equations is they're not true. The Bible is full of examples where people were praying for stuff that didn't happen. Better stuff happened. Bigger stuff happened. Miraculous things happened that were greater than anything anyone could expect in the room. On today, we're going to talk about how God surprises us with miracles that are bigger than our faith. for joining me. I am Dr. Doug Birch, and this is the Fairly Spiritual Show. And by the way, this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. That's we, so that's everyone. Come on, let's join together. Let's all do it. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Some of you are like, you can't make me rejoice. I'm still going to stay grumpy. That's okay. We're still going to accept you. I'm glad you're listening to today's show. But I'm going to remind you that this still is the day that the Lord has made and we can rejoice in him. So on today's show, I'm going to talk about something that I think will encourage you. The fact is this, that you might be praying for something right now, and I believe that for some of you, God is going to do something bigger than what you're praying for. That God's ability to do stuff is not limited by our awareness. It's not limited by our prayer life. It's not limited by the amount of faith we have and how well we pray, and the way we pray. Now, I believe in prayer, and I believe in the importance of prayer, and I do believe that we partner with God in in many ways of how we open ourselves up or how receptive we are to the kingdom of God. But it's important to realize that Scripture is full of stories where people thought they were doing one thing. They thought, okay, this is how we're going to move the hand of God, or this is what God's going to do if we do this. And then God did something immeasurably bigger than anything they could comprehend. And so I want to encourage you with that today. If you're in this place where maybe you're worried, like you're like, maybe I'm not praying the right way, or maybe I don't have enough faith and you're judging yourself, well, here's some good news. Even if you were praying the right way, your prayers probably aren't big enough. You probably still don't know what God is about to do. You know, on last week's show, I talked about that sometimes God warns us about difficult stuff that's coming that we're not supposed to pray against. We're just supposed to walk through. I talked about how uh, the prophet Agabus warned uh, the New Testament church that there was going to be this huge famine throughout the region. And instead of the Christians gathering together and praying that they wouldn't face that famine, that they would have better crops, or they would just not face this ordeal, they embraced that reality, and they just prepared for it. I talked about how Agabus told uh, Paul that he was going to face all this persecution in Jerusalem, and instead of him avoiding Jerusalem, he just prepared himself to walk through what he was going to face. So certainly, there are things in life where we're going to face hardship and trials, and instead of praying against those trials and hardships, we prepare ourselves and we walk through them. But it's very important that when we read the scripture, 
we don't create a formula out of one scripture or out of the certain scriptures that we want to pick and choose that will justify and validate our view of existence. And so often that's what we do with the book of Acts, for for instance. We either pick all the miracle stories or we pick all the non-miracle stories and we pick the narrative that suits us. But if you read through the scripture, just verse by verse, line by line, you find a much more deep, rich, complicated story than one that can simply be turned into, hey, if you want God to do great things in your life, you do A, B, C, and D, and this is what will happen. So if you look at right after that story with Agabus, uh, then another story comes in where instead of preparing for really bad stuff to happen, the church experiences a miracle that they were not even praying for, that they did not even expect could happen. But before we do that, I have a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, If you're new to the show, thanks for listening. I always give my listeners an opportunity to respond to the show by either you can call or you can text. You can leave a message or you can text. Now, many of you do not take me up on this. You think I'm talking to someone else. I am not. I am talking to you. Now, for those of you who are listening on the radio, it's harder. You know, it, you can't rewind the radio. I get it. But some of you listen on podcast, and there really is no excuse. You can text me and say, hey, I listen regularly to your podcast. I know many of you do. I look at the analytics. I know that there's many, many people who listen to this show. I'd love to hear from you. And all you have to do is send me a text. No, this texting procedure is not so I can get your phone number and put you on a list. I am not that organized for one thing. There's no list. It's just literally, it comes to my cell phone. I look at it. First thing I do is I read it and go, oh, is this person mad at me? When I determine you're not mad at me, I relax. And then I just text back and I say, hey, thank you for the text. Or, hey, that's a nice thing. But I I don't always start it with, hey, but often I do. Sometimes I say, uh, sorry, I didn't respond back right away, but I was in church at the time you texted me. Whatever it is, I try to respond back to everyone. So here's the number if you want to interact with what I'm doing through this show, particularly if it's encouraged you at all. Here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. You say, Doug, you're saying it too fast. If you said it slower, I'd text. That's been your excuse. It has. You said, Doug, I, I want to. But you say it three times, but you say it so fast. So for that excuse, I'm going to take it away right now. Here is the number to text or call and leave a message. It's 360-818-4513. Now, if that's not you, you're like, I don't interact, Doug. I'm an introvert. I just don't do that. I still am so glad you listened to the show, and I appreciate you sharing the show with others. Uh, Also, subscribe to the podcast if you can. Here's something I'm going to talk about at the end of the show, but I want to talk about right now. Uh, To stay on the air for the next year, we're doing a campaign to raise money. We uh, we have to pay to have the show on the air. Uh, And in order to do that, we need to raise $7,000 in the next four weeks. I don't like to talk about money on the air, but I don't like to pretend. I don't want to... I just want to be upfront with everyone. We need to raise $7,000 in the next four weeks. We have some generous partnerships from other people who help us, but they can't do it all on their own. In order for us to stay on the air, we need $7,000 in the next four weeks. And that's, I figured that will keep me on the air for another year. And I just kind of go year by year. 
We've made it almost a year through. I want to get another year on the air. To do that, we need uh, basically for you to pray and to give. And it really does matter if you give $25, $100, your gift matters. If just a few of you, you know, if, if five of you can give $25, that's a huge thing. If a couple of you can give $100, that's a huge thing. Obviously, if one of you can give 7000 that works as well. So go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. And, I, and I'm just going to be really transparent here. I did not set up uh, the, my uh, ministry here, or the ministry that I do here, I did not set this up as a nonprofit. We are not, uh, but hear me clearly, I didn't set it up for profit either. I've just looked in our culture with all the issues about tax taxes and nonprofits and ministries and all the complexities that, first, I didn't want this to be tied to the church I serve, so it's separate from the church I serve. And I just did this under the Lord. This is not some sort of scheme for me to make more money or something, because I'm not making money off of this. Uh, this was just purely to be the simplest way before the Lord and just to kind of take it outside of uh, any kind of government exemption or anything. It's just simple. I have a simple sole proprietor a business license that allows me to be able to do what I'm doing. It's under Fairly Spiritual. That's the name of the ministry. And through that, I'm able to sell my books, and I sell you know, like a couple books a month. So that's not something I'm doing for profit. And then uh, I ask for donations to keep this show on the air. And all the money that comes in will be for the production and for the broadcasting of this show. That's what we do. And that's as transparent as you're going to get there. So if you believe in that, and if that honesty feels good to you, or like, hey, I just kind of like that honesty. He's just sharing that. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to honor God here. I just, I've even seen like nonprofit ministries where they say they're nonprofit, but they're, man, they're paying huge money for the people. And it just seems, just doesn't seem right. I'm not saying that's true of everyone. There's a lot of great nonprofits. I'm not attacking that. There's a place for that. But for me, I just wanted to make it as simple and as clear as possible. So it's that simple. I, I pastor a normal-sized church that has about 100 people in it, and we do that thing. I do this radio ministry and this podcast ministry that's not to grow my church or the church I serve. It's just to facilitate a better dialogue in Christianity. It's just to do what we're doing right here. And in order to reach people, I need people to partner with me. And so if you want to partner with me, you don't get a tax break on it. It's just you donate something. And that's how it works. And I take your donation and I use it to be able to strategically uh, pay for time to be on the radio and to produce this show. If that sounds like something you're interested in, you want to partner with, if you think it's foolish and you go, I don't want to do that, well, then don't do that. But just pray. And if the Lord puts that on your heart, then thank you for your kindness and your generosity. So you can go to fairlyspiritual.org and do that. And our goal is to raise 7,000 once we get to that. I'm not going to be doing this, okay? I mean, as far as, you know, talking about this as much as I did today. And forgive me for that. I just, I got to do that, right? That's that's how we stay on the air. If I don't do that, you're not going to be hearing these shows at all. So that's how that works. Okay, on today's show, this is what I want to talk about. Being surprised by the miraculous provision of God. And, and I just want you to look at how beautiful this story is. If you could, um, turn in your Bibles, in your iPhones, to Acts 12. And just read along with me if you can. I'm reading from the NASB, but you could read from any version here. I'm just going to read along here about this wonderful story where people were praying for something, and God did something far more bigger than anything they could have imagined. So it says, about that time, Herod, uh, the king, and so Herod would be the king over Judea, and 
And, you know, Herod was given the title King of the Jews um, because basically the area he's over is over the Jewish population. And so you hear a lot of this of Herod doing things to appease the Jews. And the reason that's important is because if the Jewish people like what Herod's doing, then Herod is popular and stays in power and he doesn't have unrest. So Herod is constantly trying to weigh, you know, what's going on in the culture and how he can look good to the people that are subjugated to him. So it says, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belong to the church. He killed James, the brother of John. Now James is one of the disciples. And the scripture just mentions here something terrible, that one of the disciples is murdered. And up to that point, there had been protection for the disciples in Jerusalem. Everyone else had been scattered throughout Judea, but they hadn't laid a hand on the disciples. Well, James is murdered by the sword. And uh, something now has changed because Herod sees, and it says here, it says, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews that James had been murdered, he proceeded to arrest Peter. So this is very different now. Instead of protection on the disciples, one of the disciples has been murdered. This was during the day of unleavened bread. The day of unleavened bread, by the way, is during Passover. It's seven days from Passover. So Passover it, it, unleavened bread is not just about Passover. It's when you they left Egypt, they fleed Egypt, they couldn't... There's this idea that the bread did not have time to rise, and so they celebrate this idea of unleavened bread. It's seven days, and Herod's basically like, I don't want to murder Peter during this ritual. I'm going to wait till the ritual's over, and then I'm going to murder Peter. So James has already been murdered, and I believe the New Testament church believed that Peter was going to be murdered, and I think Peter believed that he was going to be murdered as well. So verse 4, it says, And when he had seized Peter, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. Now again, this tells you the, the kind of danger that Peter they saw Peter as. Or four squadron, they had two people, they chained Peter to two prisoners. Excuse me, they chained, chained Peter to two soldiers. So they had chains on each side. And then they had two soldiers at the door. So there's four soldiers looking after Peter because he's that dangerous of a criminal in the minds of Herod. They don't want him to escape like he did earlier in Acts, where they're like, where, where is he? They just kind of left him in prison and they don't even know where he is. And he's preaching in Solomon's colonnade. No, this time they're like, he's not going to escape. So he's chained between two soldiers and two soldiers are watching guard by the door. This is someone who's going to be murdered. This is someone who's considered enemy number one. So it says, uh, they delivered him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made, by, made to God by the church. So the church is earnestly praying. But it's important to know from the context as we read on is I don't think the church is praying for the miracle that happens. They're praying. They're interceding. But I don't believe they're praying for the miracle that's going to happen, because if they were praying for the miracle that is happening, they wouldn't be so surprised by what happens next. So the church is earnestly praying for Peter. They know Peter's going to be murdered, or that's what's going to happen if God doesn't intervene. But what comes next is an amazing story about Peter. In fact, it's the, the last big story we get about Peter in Acts. Acts stops talking about Peter. There's only one other story where we just talk about Peter giving a, a speech about how the Gentiles should be treated. But this is the last narrative about Peter. And Peter basically looks like he's going to die. And the church is earnestly praying for him. But God does something bigger than what the church could pray for. 
So this is what it says in verse 6. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. And sentries before the door were guarding the prison. Now notice Peter isn't singing worship songs. He's asleep. This isn't a story of Peter, man of great faith, who's praying and believing you know, of a rescue. He's just asleep. He's someone waiting for the next day, probably waiting for his death. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him. So the angel wakes him up and says, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. So Peter's almost in this trance where he's he, in my... Is this a vision? Am I asleep? What's happening? He's just kind of following this in this vision-like trance state. He said he did not know but what the angel was doing was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. And they went out and went along the street, one street, and immediately the angel left him. So the angel brings him out of the city and leaves him. Now the rest of the way, Peter's just going to go where help is. He's going to go where the disciples are meeting. And this is a very funny story. So now it's left for the church to receive Peter. And we can tell that the church is not ready to receive the miracle that God is providing. It says, when Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark. So this would be Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark, uh, his mother, Mary's house, where many were gathered together and were praying. So they're praying, and they're gathered and praying for Peter, but they're clearly not praying for this miracle to occur, for Peter to be released, because look what happens next. And when Peter knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy, she did not open the gate, which is hilarious to me because he's just escaped. He's out there on his own. He's still in a little bit of a da danger here. And instead of her letting him in, she just immediately runs away. She, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. Listen, they don't say, oh, our, our prayers are answered. We clearly prayed that Peter would be released from prison. No, they're like, you are out of your mind. No one's been praying for this. No one believes this. Peter, Peter's de a dead man walking. Peter's chained between two officers. This miracle cannot happen. You are out of your mind. They're praying for Peter, but they have not prayed for this miracle to occur. There's not one person in the room who says, hey, this must be Peter. This is what I've been praying for. This is what I believe God was going to do. There's not one prophet in the room who said, well, God showed me that this is what's going to happen. There's not one person in that room that believes that Peter is at the door knocking. There's not one person in that room that believes that God has done what God has done. Yet here Peter is, freed from prison, at the door, knocking. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. Now, when they say it is his angel, I think they probably thought that Peter was dead. 
and that maybe like the ghost of Peter and they're, they're confused. And that's why they don't even want to go there. They're kind of afraid. They're like, I don't, I don't know whatever's out there. Maybe it's the ghost of Peter. Maybe they, but this clearly isn't Peter. Peter is on his, in death row. Peter is not alive at the door knocking. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. Regardless of how earnest their prayers were, they were amazed at the answer to their prayer. But motioning to them with his hands to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, Tell these things to James, so that Jesus' brother James, and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. So then Peter had to go into hiding for a while. I love this story. I want this story to encourage you because it encourages me as well. Because sometimes people come along and they say, you know, the reason God's not doing what you know he needs to do in your life, or the reason your life isn't working out the way it should, is you need to have a better prayer life. You need to pray the right things. You need to have the right words of faith. And you need to activate your faith by praying the right way. And here's an amazing story. This is one of Peter's best stories, right? Peter is a dead man in prison, chained between two soldiers, and they are praying for him. But no one in that room of faith is praying with faith, believing that he is going to somehow be freed from those chains, led out of that prison, out of the city, to the house where they are hiding. No one is praying that. No one believes for that. But God does it anyway. And I just wanted to encourage you today that there are prayers that God wants to answer that are bigger than your prayers that we must believe that there are things that God is going to do in your life that he's just going to do anyway. That the only thing I see in this scripture is we're supposed to pray. So it's good to pray. Pray for help. Pray for Peter. But just realize this, that your prayer is probably insufficient. Your understanding of the situation is probably insufficient. The outcomes that you're praying for are probably insufficient. You don't have the answers. Whatever your goal is, it's not God's goal. God's goal is bigger and greater. Whatever the miracle you want to see is just tiny in comparison to what God wants to see. Yes, there are heartaches and trials and troubles, and we even see where James is martyred in this story. So we will walk through trials and troubles and tribulations, and we will serve the Lord even if we don't see the prayers we're praying for answered in the way we want them to be answered. But we must also know this through Acts, that there are some prayers that we are praying for, and we will see them answered in ways that are far better than anything we could ever hope for. That God will do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever hope for in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you with that hope. I want to encourage you with that hope. You know, I started this ministry of radio ministry, of media ministry, uh, with just a small church. And guess what? I still got a small church, and I ain't doing it to grow a church. And I used to have this mythology that I had to have a big church in order to do big things. And the Lord just told me, just do what I put on your heart, and let me do the miracles in your life. Don't limit my miracles based on your own strength, your own power, your own perception. Just go and do what I've put on your heart. And that's made such a great difference in my life. And I believe it'll do a great thing in your life as well. Just pray and open your heart to the miraculous provision of God 
be surprised by Peter knocking at your door. Or you can say, no, Lord, that can't possibly be you. You couldn't do something so great, so powerful, bigger than anything we could pray for or hope for. Yes, sometimes God does that. Open your heart to the full miraculous provision of God. Open your heart to Peter knocking at the door. Can you do that? I hope you can. I wanted to encourage you today. Hey, I said this at the beginning of the show, but if you want to keep this radio show on the air, and if you don't, if you don't feel led to do that, then don't do that. But in the next four weeks, we need to raise $7,000. There it is. Not giving you some nebulous thing. That's the number. It'll take a lot of people giving a little, uh, some people giving a little bit more. Go to fairlyspiritual.org. It does matter if you donate $25. It is you. If that's on your heart, if you're like, man, I'd like this to stay on. I'd like this podcast and this radio show to stay on for people to hear it. Then go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. If you don't have that ability, that's okay. May God bless you. I love you. I'm thankful for you. Don't feel guilt and shame. But if you feel led to do that, please partner with us. Go to fairlyspiritual.org and text the show if you want, 360-818-4513 or leave a message, 360-818-4513. We're going to pray earnestly and we're going to believe that God is going to surprise us with his miraculous provision in the season to come. Can we believe that together? And everyone said, amen. I'll see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.